Holy crap. Hopefully the fourth time is the charm of trying to record this podcast without interruption. But here we are. Welcome back to another episode of the Just Effin' Senate Podcast, Truckcast number 13. Wanted to touch on some things with you guys uh, that, well, one, it's been freaking forever, it seems like. Uh, also, some things I wanted to touch base on with you guys before this weekend. This weekend, I am recording with Dave and Brian from Hoplite Arms and Fennec Technologies, which is a custom hand-loading company. Uh, we'll get into the details, but it's, it's really cool. In fact, I'm in the process of using their services for my 300 Win Mag because I am lazy as shit and don't like reloading and I don't have any magnum primer uh, excuse me, uh, magnum powder to use for 300 wind mags so I'm just going to use his we'll get into all that with them but obviously the I guess main topic unfortunately will be with them about the whole Theus saga if you're on Sniper's Hide then you know exactly what I'm talking about if you're not, well, first of all, you're wrong and you need to be. And second of all, you will you know, stand the fuck by. You will get brought up to speed and it will blow your mind whole. So uh, just be keeping an eye out for that. But like I said, I got some things I want to touch base on so that it's not done Saturday when I'm recording with them. I can go ahead and get this out there and then focus 100% on that with them. Um, all right, so let's go through some stuff here. Um, we'll start with the rifle, the AI. So the AI has been at GCP for the last few weeks. I am waiting on some goodies from Norway, from uh, Christian at Vision. Either way, we'll get the goodies, and then once they get on the rifle, the whole rifle is going to get Cerakoted a kick-ass custom Cerakote job using three colors. And problem is, I have a match, a two-day match, February 26th and 27th, uh, Frontline Fury at Frontline Defense, Warrington, North Carolina. And I want my rifle for that match instead of me either shooting the Tika which let's be honest is though although it could easily be shot in a match it's not meant to be and if I have a choice between my AI and my Tika uh, 10 times out of 10 I'm taking my AI so what we did was we are gonna hold off on the goodies and so he's just throwing he threw my action in a production vision chassis with the full-length top rail and so I had bought here's the thing I had bought a GTAC grip conversion kit before the announcement of the freaking vision grip panels right like literally two days before the I was told about the grip panels existing because they had literally just come out of the CNC machine I, you know, I had this on there. I was like, okay, cool. Well, then I'll just throw, I want to be able to shoot an MDT Elite grip, so I'll get the GTAC, and then bam, while I have the rifle boxed up, ready to go down to Florida, I get the text message with 
a picture of the grip panels and I'm just like face palm shit okay well awesome I'm excited about it send the rifle down there these things are I'm, I'm told I was told that they're gonna be on their way to America and I said just wait until they get there and then voila we'll throw them on there Cerakote it up then fast forward a couple weeks I was notified of something else that I'm not at liberty to say yet that I will bring up whenever it's done and I'm actually gonna have once I get rifle back in hand the second time I'll explain that and then we'll go over that so what we're gonna do is those two things are not gonna be here in time the grip panels and the secret scroll shit they're not gonna be here in time they're still Christian and Rick are fighting with UPS because UPS is trying to play fuck fuck games on their pricing and just, you know, like, now nah, I know we normally do it for this, but now nah, we're going to do it for this. And it's like astronomical shipping prices and it, they're big, heavy orders. So it's a lot of money and they're still debating that. So they're sitting all of this stuff except for the secret scroll shit. It's not in the same, um, box or whatever with the grip panels you know they're sitting it's sitting there at a, at a ups port in norway ready to go until whenever after they figure that out so what rick is doing is the gtac uh grip conversion that i had i knew i was gonna get it cerakoted so i didn't care what color it was in when i ordered it so i said just send me what you got in stock he said okay i got some elite sand in stock I was like, okay cool great so there, the grip panels are in elite sand. Well, Rick called me yesterday and we talked and I was like, all right, I have this match on the 26th. Am I gonna have my rifle back? He was like, I don't feel confident in that. So we're just gonna throw some Cerakote on the chassis. You know, we'll match it up with the grip panels, leave your buttstock black and we will, uh, you know, send it down to you you have the match as soon as all the parts from norway get here send it back and then we'll put the new parts on and then we'll do the actual serico job that i want to do i said perfect great no problem at all so he sent me a picture today and i looked at it and i was like man that light like per usual that elite sand looks a lot like sage green and then i immediately got a phone call he's like uh it is sage green he said, your grip panels are sage green. I said, no, I'm pretty sure those are elite sand. The guy told me they're going to be elite sand. And they they look elite sand. I said, now in different lights, which is the thing about it. Actually, International, I think when they made elite sand, they took pale brown, they took sage green, they took FDE, and they mixed it all together and then said, here is elite sand. Because if you can take one elite sand rifle and then you put it in three different lighting conditions. It, well, excuse me, four. It'll look like four different colors. It'll look like elite sand, like it's supposed to. It'll look like sage green. It'll look like pale brown some, and then it'll also look like FDE some. It's the most chameleon color of any color in the color scheme of the world, or whatever you want to call it. So I was like, dude, fuck it. I don't care. It's not a big deal. You could have painted it pussy pink and I'd have been fine because it's just temporary. It's just for in order for me to get to shoot the rifle for the match and then I'm sending it back for the 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 real deal. For the caterpillar to enter its cocoon and reemerge as a pretty butterfly. 
So I don't give a crap. So, but honestly, this is, that's the thing. It they still look pretty damn close. Like I can tell it's a different because I I know what the color was, and I can see it versus that. But really, they blend pretty damn close, given the fact that they are allegedly two colors. So I I don't care. I don't care. Rick, you're awesome. Not only that, but I sent him my 308 barrel down there to use when bonding the action into the chassis to make sure that it is straight and it's not touching you know anything inside the barrel channel or, or the weights or anything and i called him the other day and i said hey look you got my 20 inch factory 308 barrel he's like yeah i said cut that bitch to 16 and a half i want a shorty i don't ever shoot it anyway i think i've got like 40 rounds down that barrel i don't ever shoot the 308 but i think every american should have at least one bolt action 308 so uh, that's why I have it. And so he, boom, zipped that down. I, I told him he had like, I don't care if I get it this year, just do it whenever. And he said, nope, you're gonna get it now. So he zipped the barrel down to 16 and three quarters to make it just enough outside of the end of the chassis to where I could use a brake if I wanted to, but it's gonna be suppressed, so I don't care. But it looks great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to shoot that little shorty 308. So that's where I'm at with the the rifle. Okay, now on to the scope situation. As you know, remember from the, maybe the last podcast, I bought a I had, well I've had a, a Minox ZP5 that I have absolutely loved and been thrilled with, zero issues, beautiful glass. No problem with Mirage. Uh, the MR4 reticle is my favorite reticle of all time. And I, I love the scope. But I came across a really good deal on a 735 Night Force with the Mill XT reticle that I just, in good conscience, couldn't pass up. So I, I bought the scope. And then I was like, well, I mean, we'll try the Night Force out. I'll move the Minox to my Tika and then I'll shoot the Night. Because, hey, look, Night Forces belong on AIs, period. They, I mean, there's just kind of like a, a package deal thing. There's probably more AIs with Night Forces. It used to be Schmidt and Bender, but now it's there's more AIs with Night Force on them than any other scope um, with still a bunch of Schmidt and Benders. It's just kind of a, a match made in heaven. So I'd had that in the ARC, Embrace Mount, all that jazz. But not to knock on the night force because i love night force you can paint me a night force fanboy that's okay i'm not, it's not gonna hurt my feelings um I, this is my fourth night force the other day i was just dry firing but not on my dry fire training system i can see my target at 511 yards out of my reload room window so i have my barricade kind of turned over to the side like angled so that i could see my target and it was a cold as balls morning, but super bright. And the mirage, and the wind was blowing like 15 mile an hour. It's always blowing in my house. But the uh, mirage was wicked. And I was like, damn, like, I, I thought this night force would have kind of cut through that mirage a little better than this. But I, let me get my Minox out. So I had the Minox like in the rings but not on a rifle 
and I set it on a my solo sack that I've got up there in my reloading room and I was like holy shit my Minox does cut better through the Mirage than the Night Force does now is that me saying that there's anything wrong with the Night Force or that it has subpar glass no I'm not saying that at all I'm just saying that compared to upper end, oh look, the Minox, you can say what you want about the scope. The bitch has got shot glass in it. It's got the same DNA as a Tangent Theta. And it's known, whether you hate everything else about the scope, the one thing you ain't gonna say is that the glass is shit. No, it's not shit, it's shot, okay? There's a difference. So, I was like, man, that kind of is dis a little disheartening. Because I had looked, I mean, I've shot, like, CL had two Night Force 735s. Jeff's got, like, six or five or six of them. And I've always thought that, you know, not compared to anything beside it, I've, every time I look through one, I've always thought it to be really, you know, upper-end glass. And I still think it is. But when you're comparing, you know, apples to apples, you're, you, you do see the difference. So... What it came down to, I was like, all right, well, look, I'm spending all of this money on this AI. It's going to be, at least for a certain amount of time, it will be arguably the most expensive AT on the planet and the most customized AI on the planet, right? Because I'm going to be more likely the first person or maybe the second one with all this shit that I'm getting for it stateside, right? And with the Cerco job I'm doing, all the other goodies on it or whatever, it's it deserves to have top tier, a top tier uh, scope on top. So I was like, all right, well, there's only two options. That's tangent theta and zero compromise, period. So then it came down to, all right, when do I want it? Well, glad you asked. I want it for this match coming up in a couple weeks, simply because I literally... I'm only probably shooting two two days this year because they're well really that's the only two that are in my vicinity that I'm able to go to and they're both frontline defense matches I would love I wish I could shoot the hand match because I mean it's Pig River and I love shooting at Pig River but it's the weekend before the Big Rock again and I'm Obviously, I'm fishing the Big Rock again this year, the Big Rock Marlin Tournament out of Moorhead, North Carolina. We'll be fishing it on the Yippie Kaye, the uh, same as we did last year. Josh Coons will be from PVA. He'll be coming down again, and we'll be fishing with uh, old Captain Jeffrey and, uh, out of Ocracoke Island, North Carolina, and hopefully win uh, a little over a million dollars. That'd be great. So I'm not going to make that match. And just honestly, there's not a lot of two days. Honestly, there's not a lot of one days this year, which is a whole nother topic that I want to get into, whether it be this episode or in a future episode about what, what David thinks the match directors of America should be doing right now as a shooter, coming from a shooter. So that's just that. But either way, so this match coming up a couple weeks is literally 50% of my two-day match uh, matches of the for the year, right? So I was like, all right, well, cool. Now, what if I got a Zico? Which one would I want? Would I want to wait for the eight to forty? You know, if I did, I'm definitely not getting for this match. All right, if I got a five twenty-seven, do I want a black one or they 
Zico just announced not too long ago that they're offering the Zico in FDE. Now, mind you, I, you can Cerakote a Zico uh, in FDE, but the problem is they start out black, and everywhere where there's anodizing, or not anodizing, if there's any marking, lasering, like the white, whether it be the Zico emblem, whether it be the turrets, whether it be the magnification ring, you're gonna have a black background where they tape those off and then FDE everywhere else. And it looks great, mind you, it does, but me being me, I want, I'd want it to be like from zero compromise where it is you know, FDE before they laser it, right? So there's no black behind it. Well, that's gonna be at least a four to six week wait on that. So, all right. It's either do you get a black Zico or do you get a tangent theta? Well, the point behind that is I, I you're gonna see more Zicos at a given match than you are tangent theta simply because one, they're cheaper, but two, the margin of difference between the tangent theta and the Zico is very minimal. I mean, you can pick and choose this or that and the other between which one's better than that one, which one's better than this one, at this or that and the other. Honestly, they're, fuck, I know if I'd have got a Zico, I would be super happy with it and never regret getting a Zico. I'm aware of that. That's how good they are. And I've spent time behind Zicos and I enjoy them. They're amazing. So, all right, well, which one makes more sense for what I'm doing and kind of like my style if you will i i like having a rifle that stands out i don't i like going against the grain i don't necessarily want to have the same like good thing i'm not from oklahoma because i would by default have to get a impact action in a foundation stock straight taper barrel with either a night force or a uh zero compromise unless i you know, which I've said on Cypher's Hide before, you got to beat King Koopa and rep and rescue Princess Peach, and then you can upgrade to the Tangent Theta on the um, uh, the Oklahoma rifle. It's a good thing I'm not for Oklahoma because I would be forced to have the same thing that every other Oki shoots. Amazing rifles, period. But they're all the same. I'm not the type of person, hence one reason why I have a Minox. Well, it sounds like Tangent Theta might be it. And also, if this was a impact with a, a barrel on it, that's going to pretty much stay on that rifle for the duration of the life of that barrel, then that this wouldn't be as big an issue. But this is an AI, and I have three barrels that I shoot very often in match settings, and the zero, uh, the the turrets, the tallest turrets in zeroing, are. Uh, definitely a selling point on a gun like an AI or if you had like a, um, a Desert Tech or a Barrett MRAD, any any quick change, uh, a, a, um, a Terminus, Terminus Zeus or something like that with the quick change feature, it makes more sense to to have a toolless zero than, than on, in any other situation. We'll get into 
what I've, I've got the scope. I, I have the tangent theta here. It's the, the Gen 3 XR reticle, which is super duper close to the MR4, which I'm used to. There's a couple subtle differences, but none that are big deals and difference, you know, take some getting used to. And well, it, it does make sense. The, the Gen 3 XR uh, and the, in the MR4, what I'm used to going that route, I like it. So I picked the scope up today and I'm sitting here right beside me in my truck and um, here my made it to my house in my driveway. I'll be taking it up and put it in uh, put it in my mount and going to throw it on the Tika until my AI gets here, which it did, I believe, got boxed up and probably shipped out today, maybe, maybe tomorrow. So it'll be here soon and then it'll be going on that. And if, you know what, if I decide that if I like the Zico better than this tangent, I'll sell this tangent and get a Zico. Then no problem. So with that said, it leaves me with a Night Force and a Minox. And uh, my plan was to sell both and to fund the tangent. But then again, I would need a scope for the, the Tika to go on for hunting. And, you know, it got me thinking. I was like, well, then, I mean, I could just keep the Minox and sell the sell the night force and then just you know eat the difference between the tangent and the night force and i may do that but if you are interested in a well basically a new 7 to 35 mil xt night force uh then let me know um send me an email to just f and send it no okay just f n send it just like just no apostrophe uh, between the F and N. So just F and send it PC at gmail.com. And let me know you're interested. I'll, I'll give you a deal. But it's, in, I mean, it literally, it has not left my reloading room. So it's basically a new scope. So, um, yeah, I'll sell that. Maybe keep the Minox. Maybe not. If you're interested in the Minox, let me know. Because if someone says, hey, man, I can really use that scope and we'll talk numbers and stuff via email, then I'll sell both and I'll just get something different for, it doesn't matter. I don't have to sell the, I don't have to sell any of them, but I'm going to sell at least one, if not both. All right. Anything else I want to touch on? Okay. So like I mentioned, I've got the podcast coming up Saturday morning. And then I talked with Dan from Two Vets Tripods. He wants to come back on to talk about the new tripod that we discussed uh, on our last episode. And uh, it's obviously post-shot show now, so we're going to talk about it. And it's no secret anymore. And uh, he wants to come on, so we'll, we'll probably do one maybe next week with him. I'm still going to get Andy down here. It's just got to be a... Because he wants, we both want it to be an in-person podcast instead of Zoom or whatever. And he's only in Virginia, so we can make that happen. And we're we're gonna do that. So we just got to get a weekend to make that happen. To him come down here and we hang out, and or maybe I go meet him at Pig River. Or we do it, maybe do some shooting. I don't know. Either way, we're gonna get together to do that podcast still. And then I've got so I've got two guys from PRS UK. They, they run the PRS in the UK. They want to come on, and uh, we'll talk about just kind of gun culture in Europe, 
talk about, you know, maybe trends that they're seeing that maybe are different from here in the sport. Uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So I'm excited about having those guys on. I'm going to have them on soon. I sent them an email today. Say, hey, let's, let's make this happen. And uh, uh, I'm sure I'll be hearing from them soon. And look, if you're a, listening to this and you're a company that'd like to come onto the podcast, uh, like for example, I got a message on gun, the Gun Space app. Is that what it's called? I can't remember. I have it, but I, I look at it like once a month. And I got a, a message, a private message on that from Alamo Precision. They had said, hey, I'm trying to get in contact with you about the podcast. And is, do you have an email that we can email you? And I saw it like a month later and I was like, holy shit, sorry. It's literally been a month since you sent this. Yeah, here's my email, justfnsenditpc at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll eventually hear back from them. So if you're listening to this and you're from Alamo, hit me up. Uh, but yeah, if you're a company you'd like to come on, then feel free to email. And, you know, if it works out, we can get you on. I'd love, I'd love to have it. Um, you know, people from all over the industry come on the podcast. So we got that coming up. What else? Anything else? I got a fucking black eye last night in jujitsu. Um, <laughs> I got shark tanked. And, uh, if you don't know what shark tank is, was what we did. Um, like the whole class, we got, everybody got shark tanked. So basically for a five minute round, if you're in the shark tank, every 30 seconds, you get a new opponent and then you switch out after the 30 seconds is up, a new fresh body comes in and by like minute and a half, you're about damn near dead. And you're starting from a predetermined state, uh, I mean, excuse me, a predetermined position. And then you go from there. So, and I end up catching an elbow. I end up catching an elbow last night and I got a black eye. And I think I somehow got my thumb crushed. Uh, have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer and then all the blood came underneath your thumbnail? I don't even remember when or how that happened, but. And my left thumb was a little tender today. I looked at it, and there's blood underneath the nail. Um, either way, you know, I came home last night, like, fucking toast. I was, you know, everything was sore. Muscles were full of lactic acid. And, you know, my wife looked at me and says, holy shit, what happened to your eye? And I was like, jujitsu. She was like, why do you even, why don't you quit? Why do you even do this? And I was like, I wouldn't if I didn't love it. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't come home. I'm considered an old man at jiu-jitsu. Okay, all these bunch of 20-nothing-year-olds that have got stamina and just youth on their side. You know, they can, you know, roll for hours on end and they're still good. I'm like about to pass out, just, you know, dead. So I, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, but I, I do, I just love it. It's so much fun and it's a valuable skill. You know, I think every American should do what they can to make themselves as deadly as possible in any situation, whether that be hand-to-hand, whether that be if you have a knife, whether it be if it's a pistol, a carbine, or a bolt rifle. You know, I think you, you should just try to make yourself as deadly as possible, just in case. I think that's the the American way. It used to be, at least, not anymore. Uh, but let's keep that alive. I guess I don't know. Um, I think that's it, guys. Um, this is going to be basically just something to tide you guys over to let you know I'm not dead. That 
the the podcast will endure. And anyway, uh, don't forget, like always, like, share, comment, subscribe, you know, share it with your friends, whatever. And um, y'all stick to uh, stick around, stay tuned for Saturday's podcast. I think it's going to be a really kick-ass podcast. Me and Dave talk like every day, like via text or private message about dumb shit, funny shit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we gel great. So I think Saturday's going to be an awesome podcast. And uh, in fact, him him and Jacob they have the the rifles only podcast, which I, I'm a big fan of. They're definitely a more of a a podcast that you go and listen to to become a better shooter. And, uh, you know, mine is just for shits and gigs. So, anyway, rambling. Thanks, guys. Catch you Saturday.